Well, last week, uh, I spoke to you all and I shared about the fact that many people look at the Presbyterians and many of the other mainline denominations for that matter, but specifically these Presbyterians who live in the Northeast and people will look at us and call us the frozen chosen. If you remember that, I kind of, tongue in cheek, they look at us and they, and there's a reason for that, right? Because Presbyterians have this reputation of being stiff, right? We have this reputation of being stiff and uptight. Sometimes we can be cold towards others. I mean, as much as we can be warm, we also can be cold. And, and we're definitely rule followers. We like the rules, and we like to follow the rules and know what the rules are. And so people look at us, and they say, you know, those are the frozen chosen, those Presbyterians. In fact, the Brenton Wood Presbyterian Church in Pittsburgh, they really understand how people see the Presbyterians. And on their website, they've dedicated a page to church humor. And the very first joke that they appear on, the, on their page gives a good picture of how Presbyterians are seen and viewed by the world. And, and the story goes this way. A woman once visited a Presbyterian church, and she was disrupting the day with her enthusiastic yelps of praise God and hallelujah. And one of the ushers rushed over to try and quiet her down, and he gently leaned over to the woman, explaining that she was disrupting the service. But mister, she said, I, I got the Holy Spirit. Yes, ma'am, the usher replied, but you did not get it here. <laughs> right? So when I was in college, I worked with this group called Musicon Ministries. In fact, um, we had a friend uh, come, and he played a concert for us, and I had gotten to know uh, Patrick through, uh, through Musicon. And uh, Musicon was a great experience for me. I experienced many different denominations through Musicon Ministry, many different ways that, that God is moving through his church through these denominations, uh, through this group. Uh, we had, in this group, we had everything from Catholics to Episcopals to Presbyterians. Uh, we had the uh, Evangelical Free Church. We had the charismatic uh, members within this ministry group. And so for me, it was a really good education on how God works through his church. Not just a local denomination, one denomination, but how God, how the Holy Spirit, how Jesus all are approached by people, human beings, how we approach God. And we do that in a variety of different ways. When I was in high school, uh, I, I mean, pretty much my whole life, I grew up Presbyterian. Uh, my Sunday school experience was in the Presbyterian church from pretty much from kindergarten through I graduated in high school. Uh, I sang in the church choir. Um, so I had a lot, my, my youth group experience, all of that was, was in the Presbyterian church. But then I also had not just my Presbyterian roots, but I also, my best friends in the world were part of the Baptist youth group in town. And so I would attend Baptist uh, events and we would do stuff together. And so I got to learn how uh, the Baptist church approaches faith. And then, of course, my family has the, the evangelical Swedish covenant uh, denomination within its roots. And so, uh, so anytime we would do things with my family up north, we were part of that church. I attended a camp every summer from fifth grade to 10th grade that was part of that denomination. So uh, when I got in college, I had some of this background, but it was really in college that I saw the more charismatic side of God's church, and it was opened up to me. For me growing up, and for most Presbyterians that I know in traditional Presbyterian churches, the charismatic side, or the, what I'll say the Holy Spirit, is elusive. It's elusive for us. Because though I'd had these experiences, it wasn't until college that I actually saw people experience the Holy Spirit in a, in a very profound way. You see, I think we get Jesus. I think we get it. Presbyterians, we, we get Jesus. 
we, we understand Jesus. We, we, we've learned all about the Son of God who was born uh, to a virgin, uh, as a, uh, born to a carpenter in Bethlehem. We understand that he walked on the earth, that he healed people, that he taught people about the kingdom of God. We understand at some level that he died for our sins, that he stood in our place, that we might have a relationship with God. We, we get the concept of Jesus. And God the Father, we, we understand that as well. God the creator, God the one who loves us, God our heavenly dad who, who cares so much for us and welcomes us with open arms, right? who sent Jesus into the world, who sent Jesus to die for us. We get the concept of, uh, of Jesus. We get the concept of God. But when we get to the Holy Spirit, we don't have a framework to understand this. We understand the Son, we understand the Father, but how does the Spirit fit into our faith? We don't interact with spirits like we do sons and fathers, and so that's a little strange for us. How are we supposed to approach God, and what do we do with the Holy Spirit? In college, as I said before, I had this wonderful experience in a variety of different ways. I had music kind of ministry, but I also had InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. And because I was attending a secular school, that was a really great way for me to understand my faith more. And so as I was getting involved with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, um, we uh, went to camp one summer. It was a one-week camp uh, right out of school. And when we went to this camp, we were studying the Gospel of John. I remember it was a profound study because it was literally open the book of John and go line by line to try and understand it. And some people were like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. And it was wonderful. It was so wonderful to just go line by line and to just absorb the, the wonderful treasures that were in Scripture. And so we're reading as a group, we're reading uh, John, and we get to chapter 14, verse 26, and it says this. I had this lightning bolt moment when I read, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything that I have told you. See, as Jesus was coming to the end of his life, he knew he was coming to the end of his life. He knew that. And so he was preparing his disciples for when he was going to be gone. And he said, listen, when I go away, my dad, he's going to send you. He's going to send you the Holy Spirit. God the Father is going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to be with you going forward. He's going to go with you, and he's going to be the one that's teaching. All the stuff that I've been teaching, he's going to teach you, and he's going to help you remember everything that I've been talking about. So how does the Holy Spirit fit in? God sent the Holy Spirit to teach and to remind us of everything that God said through Jesus Christ. That's, that's one of the roles of the Spirit, to teach us and to remind us of all that he said. So then, if you picture this, uh, we're studying this in John, and so we learn about this advocate or this person who's going to come into our life and help us. And then we go on a little bit further in our reading. And this wasn't from chapter camp. This is just from other things that I've learned. After Jesus has gone into heaven and the Holy Spirit has been sent by God to bless the church, we know from the Bible, we know from history, that after Jesus came and, and, and left and was resurrected and then went to heaven, the church exploded. It was on fire with growth. And God's Holy Spirit was teaching people and was reminding the disciples of what Jesus taught. And at one point we read in the Bible that the disciples prayed. They prayed for God to strengthen them, to heal, to restore the people in need and make his presence known. Their prayer was, God, make your presence known. 
And so then we see in the early church in Acts chapter 4, after this prayer, after they had prayed for this, this, this incredible gift of God's spirit, after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they preached the word of God with boldness. With boldness. God's people filled, filled the people. He filled them up with the people who were praying. The Spirit gave them boldness to speak and be the people of faith in that generation. So we've got this picture. We've got the Holy Spirit, and we see that the Holy Spirit is coming to teach and, and, and remind the disciples of everything that Jesus had talked about. Then you go a little farther into the church. Now the church has been around for a little bit, and the Holy Spirit's job now is to fill people up so that they have boldness to be people of faith in that generation. And then going a little bit farther into the story of the early church, we see that the apostles were speaking by the Spirit. Their boldness was being seen as an example out in the world as they traveled from town to town and town. And they were sharing with people the message of God's love. So we ask, well, how does the Holy Spirit fit into our life? How does he fit into our life? One of the messages that the church has had from the beginning of, of its creation is that when a person comes to faith in Jesus, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. God's Spirit lives within a person who calls Jesus Lord and gives that person the, the power to live that life out. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, uh, we see this. Then the disciples are headed out to share uh, God into the world. And Paul arrives in Corinth, which you may remember was an incredible port city. There was all kinds of hustle and bustle, all kinds of things happening, just people coming and going and lots of, lots of traitors. And so then in that time as Paul is speaking to the chaos of that city and the people who are gathering together to learn more about God, he says this, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God? and that the Spirit of God lives within you. And here he's saying effectively, uh, he was saying that when you accept Jesus died for your sins, you open the door up. You open the door up to welcome the Holy Spirit into your life to become a constant companion with you. How does the Holy Spirit fit into our lives today? The Holy Spirit is in your life to teach you and to remind you of everything that Jesus talked about. He's here to teach you and remind you about faith. He gives you the power that you don't have on your own, that you and I don't have on our own to choose God. We don't have that within us to choose God, but the Holy Spirit gives us the power to choose God, and he fills you up so that you can live more like Jesus every day. Sounds pretty good, right? That sounds pretty good. Like, I... I think that's really exceptional, actually, that the Holy Spirit is in my life, that, that God the Father sent Jesus the Son, and Jesus says, hey, when I go, the Holy Spirit's going to be in your life to be your guide, your companion, your encourager, your, your challenger. He's going to be everything for you. He's going to be doing that with you. It's nice for us to think that God's power is living within us to support us and guide us, encourage us in this challenging world that we live in, right? That sounds really, really good. The problem is we forget that the Holy Spirit is there. We forget the Holy Spirit is there. This summer I've been reading a uh, book series by Rachel Decker. And uh, I, I love the series. It's been so good for me. And it's a dystopian fantasy a, a, a set in the future. 
um, set a couple hundred years actually in the future. So our world and everything's kind of blown up and this is the remnant of those who are left and they're trying to figure out good and evil and how to live. And, uh, and one of the characters, he speaks, uh, he speaks about the human condition in this, in this book series. He speaks about the human condition and over and over this character, he says that life is a series of forgetting and remembering. Life is a series of forgetting and remembering. Forgetting God's love and then remembering it again. And then we forget God's love and then we remember it again. When we forget God's love, we're out of balance. Even in the book, the book kind of talks to the, the heart of a human being. We're out of balance when we forget God's love. But it happens to us all the time when you feel anxious and, and nervous or when you are concerned about what's going on around you and, and you don't know which way to go. We get, we, we get out of balance. But then when we remember God's love, now we're in sync. And that's those moments where you feel joy and peace, where there's hope for what might come in the future. Life is a series of forgetting and remembering. Even though the Old Testament mentions God's Spirit almost 100 times. And the Holy Spirit is mentioned more than 250 times in the New Testament. 350 times in the Bible, the, the, the Holy Spirit of God is mentioned. We forget that we have an advocate. God has sent one to be with us and to teach us about faith. The Holy Spirit gives us the power we don't have to stand on our own, to choose God. And he fills us up so we can live more like Jesus. So how do you remember that the Holy Spirit is there to be with you and to be in your life? Well, Patrick Mulberry has an idea about that. Uh, Patrick is the, the author, the co-author of today's song, and the title of the song is called Holy Spirit Come. And as you watch this video and as you listen to the music today, I want to encourage you to try something with me. As, as you listen to this, I want to ask you to find a posture of openness. I want you to find a posture of openness. Again, the frozen chosen, we tend to be like this, right? I just want us to try this. As we listen to the song today, can we, can, we, can we find a posture of openness? Maybe this is your posture of openness. You know, for some people it might be this, but for, for those of us, maybe it's this, or maybe it's this. Maybe it's just this. But today, as you sit in the pews, and that's fine to sit, I'm not asking you to stand or to move, but as you sit, can you find a posture of openness? Can you join me in doing that today? Because I believe that if we do that, we will welcome God's Holy Spirit into our lives. So uh, here now is Patrick Mulberry uh, singing Holy Spirit. I'm ready. 
Patrick Mulberry did an interview to share uh, how his band had come up with that song. And one of the whole purposes of the writing of that song, the creation of that song, was to get the church. He wrote it for his church. And he wanted to get his church into a posture where they were ready to receive from God. That was the reason that the song was, was written. He said, uh, holy, the, the Holy Spirit dwells with inside each one of us, and every single one of us, we forget that he's there. And so Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit come is a prayer that we can pray to get ready to receive God's presence. It's a prayer that you can remember. It's a prayer that you and I can remember to uh, remind ourselves that the Holy Spirit of God fits into our lives, that he is there. The images that Patrick casts through the lyrics, through the images that you saw on the screen, even as that water was, was washing all around, the, the lyrics remind us of what God does through the Holy Spirit. It, it, it reminds us of, of what he does. He fills us up. The Holy Spirit fills us up. That like a flood, he washes away our sin. These are the lyrics. Like a fire, he burns away. He burns away what's unholy. And he leaves what is pure and what is righteous in our life. God brings true redemption. He brings true healing from what is broken in our lives. Not just a Band-Aid, but he goes to the source and he brings about healing. And real revival, which, which inspires us to go on and births in us something new as we face the future, God brings that about within us through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And God says he will do all these things. These, everything that I just said, everything that was on that screen, everything is a promise of God. But we still have our job to do too. 
God promises these things to us, but we also have our responsibility to our job. If you look at the lyrics, if you look at what uh, even what um, Patrick is saying here, he says our job is to bring a heart of worship. We have to have a posture. We have to be prepared for God to, to give us what we're asking for, but we have to come with a heart of worship. We are to wake up each day and to be on the lookout looking for the living God. We, we don't just stumble our way through. We have to be looking, intentionally looking for the living God. We, we bring our songs of praise, worshiping God for who he is. That when we wake up, that praise can be on our lips and we can be looking for God. And when we come, we come to God expecting his Holy Spirit to show up. Because the Holy Spirit of God is within us. Friends, our faith is completely free. It is a gift that is given by God. It is never accidental. There is an intentionality about our faith. When you bring God a heart of worship, you promise God, God, I'm going to bring you my best. I'm going to bring you my best attitude. I'm going to bring you my best actions. I'm going to bring you my best hopes and dreams. I'm going to bring you my best faith. God, I'm even going to bring you my best questions. And God says, that's fine. Bring me your questions. I want your questions. Bring me your best. Whatever that is, bring me your best. And God promises to return your best with the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the promise. That is the, that's the agreement. And that spirit guides and comforts and supports you in your daily living. You know, as I was writing this message this week, um, across my screen, as I was kind of wrapping up one day, across my screen, um, a prayer from Margaret showed up. Uh, one of our church members, uh, her name is Margaret, and Margaret had posted this prayer on her social media, and I thought it was so good. I asked her if I could share it, and I wanted to uh, share it with you. And this is the prayer that Margaret posted. She said, no matter what may come your way, I'm sorry, no matter what may come my way, I will remain focused at all times, knowing that your spirit is keeping me and strengthening me. No matter what, dear God, I pray that no matter what may come my way, I'll remain focused at all times, knowing that your spirit is keeping me and strengthening me. I thank you, Lord, that I don't have to face this world on my own. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. What a great prayer. No matter what may come my way, I'll remain focused at all times, knowing that your spirit is keeping me and strengthening me. Friends, look for this prayer in your email, in your inbox tomorrow, because tomorrow Rose will be sending this out to you. And I pray that you will take this and you will either print it or you will write it down somewhere and you will pray this prayer with me this week, that this will be something that we can do together, that all week long we will be praying, knowing that no matter what might come, that we will remain focused, focused in the midst of everything on God's Holy Spirit, knowing that his spirit is with us, keeping us and strengthening us. So if you want more of God in your life, if you want more of God's spirit in your life, bring a posture of openness like we did with the song. Whether you sit with your hands open like this or you just allow your heart to be opened, be in a place of openness. Be open to God's leading. Be aware of God's spirit in your life teaching you about faith. He gives you the power that you don't have on your own to choose God. And he fills you up so you can live like Jesus more every day. This is how the Holy Spirit of God fits into your life. Amen. Let's pray.
God, it is our prayer that we would see you more fully, that we would see you more clearly. We are so grateful, God, that you have sent your Holy Spirit to uh, teach us and to remind us. Lord, that your Spirit is given to us for boldness and for uh, speaking and for sharing our faith, for, for growing in it, for being able to speak it. And Lord, through all of this, Lord, we are able to see that, that you indwell each and every one of us that we as your church are your temple, and Lord, that you can uh, have your way with us. And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us, uh, even in the midst, no matter what we are facing, that we would know uh, that you never leave us, that you are there to empower us and encourage us, and that you strengthen us. And we pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen.